0: Christian Parenting. Welcome to the Christian Parenting Podcast. I'm your host, Steph Thurling. I'm the Executive Director of Christian Parenting, a mom of three, and I am so glad that you're here. This is a place where you can bring your real self, no matter what that looks like today, and be given the space, resources, and encouragement you need to set aside perfection and grow into the perfectly imperfect parent God made you to be.
1: Special about Hero breads: soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas. These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero. Co.
0: Hey everyone, thank you so much for joining me today. In this episode, I'm joined by Ruth Cho Simons, and I am so excited for you to hear a conversation. Ruth is an award-winning, best-selling author of several books in Bible studies. She's an artist, she's a podcaster, a speaker, a wife, and a mom of six boys. Her latest book is called Pilgrim, 25 Ways God's Character Leads Us Onward. Ruth is so gentle in her encouragement and her wisdom. She reminds us all of our need for God and that we are not meant to feel at home here on earth because we are all pilgrims on a journey to a deeper relationship with Jesus. Today in our conversation, we talk about how our job as parents is to steward our time with our kids in a way that honors God, why we so often strive for control and perfection, the importance of really sitting in God's Word, and how we can slowly grow into what God has called us to do. I think that you're going to leave this episode just feeling really refreshed and encouraged by Ruth, so enjoy. Hi, Ruth. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm so glad to be here. Yeah, I'm really, really excited about your new book that came out, or is coming out in a few weeks. It's just really beautiful. It's deep. It's a great way for parents to get to know the character and the heart of God, and we're going to talk all about it today and about God's character, but I want to start talking about you and your family a little bit, because that's what we always do on this podcast. So can you tell us, for people who don't know you well or your family, can you tell us who's in your family and then give us that one word
1: to describe your family? Yeah. Um, my husband Troy and I have been married 25 years. We just celebrated 25 this summer and we are parents to six boys. I really did birth them one at a time and <laughs> I wasn't just trying for a girl and, you know, all the questions, right? I do know what causes it. Oh my goodness. All the things that I get at the grocery store. But my oldest is 21 he's headed off to grad school this fall so he's really moving away not just a you know for a semester, but he's gone he's gonna really leave our home and so we're in that launching phase um, big time and I have a my second son is going into his sophomore year in, at college and then we have a 17 year old, a 14 year old a 12-year-old, and a 10-year-old. Oh my goodness, that was challenging to get through. So yes, our youngest is 10. And um, they are an incredible band of brothers. And it's really um, exciting to see how God does unexpected things in families. And so... um, where we live in western Colorado, where they live very outdoorsy lives. Um, We chose to get out of the city. And um, so there's a lot of motor oil and dirt bikes and mountain bikes. So you may think that I paint a lot of butterflies and flowers and things like that, but my life is actually filled with a lot of testosterone and um, boys bringing dirt in the house. So that's kind of my life. And the one word I would describe our family as a unit is the word intentional. I really Mm. think that's, that's what would I would use to describe who we are.
0: Intentional is one of my favorite words.
1: Mm.
0: Why would you use that one?
1: It's packed, right? Um, yeah. Yeah. The, the main reason why that word comes to mind is because I think, you know, for, for better or for worse, I think sometimes we're so intentional that we overthink certain things. But Mm. the main thing with being intentional is that we really value, um, the conversations we have around the dinner table, or even when we're in the car going to run an errand, we're not all in headphones trying to like just get things done, that we take the time to say, I noticed that you're not doing super well today. What is going on? Mm. Let's really, so intentional in conversations, intentional with, um, you know, making the most of our weekends where we go off and do an adventure together, you know, it takes effort. I guess that's the thing is the flip side to intentionality is that it takes a lot of effort and it takes, um, a sacrifice of even time and comfort to achieve the goals that you want in your family. And so, um, I think we count those costs and, and choose to do it anyway.
0: Yeah. And the effort pays off as your kids get older, I'm sure. Yeah. And you're probably seeing that as you have such a variety in, you know, 10 to 20s, like that's to be able to see the intentionality paying off as they grow.
1: I love that you said that because I think, you know, there are times that on Instagram, if I post something about my family, there have been times where I think people, there have been like, have your kids ever fought? And I just want to laugh, right? (laughs) Wouldn't wouldn't you laugh too? Just going, they're they're sinners, they're humans, of course they fight, you know? Um, Or sometimes there are questions of people thinking like, wow, it must be so nice to have such easy children. But the reality is like, I'm actually reaping some fruit of years where I wasn't sure if it was gonna pay off at all. And I don't think it's necessarily this cause and effect. Troy and I are not perfect people. This is not all because we've done such a great job. We're sinners saved by grace. And we um, it's by God's grace that our kids even want to be intentional with us, right? But I think it's that, um, it's the fruit of seeing like, even when it was hard, We go the extra step and say, how do we make a difference in this moment with what we've got? Maybe it's that, you know, we don't have money to go do a fancy vacation, but we'll be intentional with what we do at the staycation. Or, you know, we don't have um, the friends. Not all the boys have the friends, exactly the friends that they want. But how do we be intentional with the relationships we do have? So I think that intentionality adds up little by little and culminates into a lot of impact later on. Yeah. That's good.
0: I feel like we kind of already answered my next question that I always ask, but I still want to ask you anyway, because I feel like you probably have more to share. What is the one thing that you want every parent to know? Yeah.
1: I think if I could just sit down with every parent who's weary and kind of like discouraged, I would just say, I have found over and over again that it's never too late to start right now. So if Mm -hmm. you think that... Your kids don't love reading their Bibles. It's not too late to start right now. If you think your kids are going to fight forever and they're never going to get along, no, it's never too late to start right this minute with a conversation about how these relationships will matter for the rest of your life. You may not get the results you want right now, but it's never too late to start right now. And I think when you start with that mindset, you realize, um, I know this isn't what you asked, but I will just tell you, like I have to start with making my bed every morning. Just start Hmm. with something And, and even if my house is a total wreck, I'm not going to get it all fixed up today. And the kids are not going to get their rooms totally cleaned up in one whack, but we can start with one thing. And so I think that's the way we operate as a family of eight, because it's kind of chaos here sometimes. And we're running a business. We um, have homeschooled in and out for different seasons. And we have six boys with a lot of emotions and a lot of things that they're going through. And it's never too late to have that conversation. It's never too late to repent it's never late too late to ask forgiveness. It's never too late to say, okay, we're gonna shift our family culture starting now. Doesn't mean it's gonna be perfect now, but you can say, Yeah, we're gonna be the family that stacks our cell phones at the end of the table and we're not gonna be on our phones during dinner. That can start right now. And you can inspire right now. You don't have to be a slave to, you know, you don't have to be like, oh, I guess, you know, I started too late. And so now I can't make any difference. You can, even if you're an empty nester and you want to go revisit how to talk to your kids as adults, do it now. Yeah.
0: I love that example of making the bed. Because I think as parents, we so often are like, okay, I'm going to change the culture of my home, especially as it's like fall and school starts. You're like, it's a fresh new year and we're going to do all of
1: these things. And then this we're year, setting
0: ourselves yeah. up for fail, <laughs> yeah, right? Totally, yeah. yes.
1: One thing, and, like make your bed every day. Yes, and yeah. when I start with that thing and I tell the boys, and so then I conquer one thing, right? Like I'm like, okay, yeah. I made my bed. I did one load of laundry, put the laundry away. So that's <laughs> one thing I check out the list. And so then I can model for the kids hey, we're works in progress. We're not going to get it all together. Because I think as moms, I'll just speak for as as a mom, there are times when the internal struggle that I have comes out of my lips in a way that sounds like everybody else has to be perfect. Because somehow in my heart, I feel like I just want perfect for me. And since I can't quite achieve it, I'm going to go around and make sure that everybody else knows that that's what I expect. And somehow I just hope that magically my words... Spoken with a little bit of punch will just get everybody to comply. And it never does, right? It never does. And so instead, what makes all the difference is me saying, I'm going to start with something different. For example, at our house, rather than legislate and make sure that everybody's reading their Bibles because they're checking off their list exactly, Troy and I say, well, we can't inspire if we don't start ourselves. So we go downstairs and we're like, okay, as hard as it is, I want to tell the boys what I'm reading today. We're going to work through it little by little. And so I wish it was an easier formula, but if I could just share what I've learned with every parent out there, I'd just say, just start today. Whatever it is that you're dreaming of for your family, if it's that you guys would speak kindly to one another, you can start modeling it today and starts with you, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's really good. Thank you for that encouragement. You're just such an encouragement for parents In every part of life, I think when you're speaking about parenting, that was really encouraging. Your encouragement for faith is so beautiful. All of your writing, all of your art is just an inspiration to so many people who are listening. And so I'm excited that you have new stuff coming out that people can dive into their faith. And maybe this is—maybe your new book, Pilgrim, is something that parents can do, a mom can do in the morning, and it can be her one thing to start, to start changing the culture of her home and her faith. So I would love to— dive into your book a little bit, uh, maybe to inspire some people to do that. Can you tell us a little bit about like the heartbeat behind your book and what you want for people to get away from it?
1: Yeah. So it's a full-color devotional. It's 25 readings, and the book is called Pilgrim, 25 Ways God's Character Leads Us Onward. The word pilgrim really just means somebody who is traveling. It might be a long journey, but it's traveling to a sacred place, traveling to a place that um, is holy and special, but it really is a person who's not home, right? A pilgrim is not home where they're at. They are traveling through foreign lands to get where they will ultimately call their true home. And for us as followers of Christ, we keep trying to make something satisfying out of our time on earth. We keep trying to figure out, you know, maybe if all my kids succeed and go to Stanford, maybe if all my, you know, kids obey and my home is perfect and pretty and, you know, I'm being very cliche about it. But the truth is we all somehow think in the back of our minds that we can tap into feeling like this is home. I feel good now and settled. And and what I've learned is that life and its ups and downs and bumpy roads and valleys and deep valleys and uphill climbs, um, they're they're the they're all parts of the journey that are meant to show us God's character, that it's not really a journey about us, it's a journey about Him and how He is sufficient to carry us. But I can tell you that, right? I could easily just say, hey, it's the life is not about you. It's really about God. Follow Him. But unless you know why He's worthy of following, won't you try to figure out your next steps by yourself? Won't won't you and I just go to the store and be like, I need a book on how to help me achieve all the things and figure out how to live my best life or how to get my kids to behave properly. All those things are great tools. I'm not saying don't buy a parenting book. I'm saying that at the end of the day, don't be surprised if you don't feel like you're at home here on earth. Don't feel surprised when you feel like nothing satisfies because pilgrim we're pilgrims that are journeying to Forever presence with our God, and in the meantime, here in this journey that we're on, He's showing us little by little what I call like guideposts. Right, they're mm-hmm. they're like signs on the on the road that saying, "Hey, my grace is sufficient for you. Look, at, you can trust me. Don't worry about the big cliff ahead. I'm here. I'm absolutely. I'm already omniscient. I already know what's ahead." Do you see how we're always looking for signs to help us figure out how to get it done when God is trying to show us the roadmap to how to follow Him? And so that's really what the devotions are. They're 25 attributes, character of God, like things about who He is and how He relates to us. And um, they're paired with also my favorite, um, they're paired with some of my favorite hymns, Mm -hmm. because um, I'm a girl who grew up in a time where... Singing hymns, I didn't love it, but at the time, I didn't even realize that I was hiding God's Word in my heart, and I was recognizing that these are the truths that I need to remember about who God is when I forget. And you know how music gets stuck in your head. So um, this book is packed with a lot of goals, and one of them is um, for each reader to find 25 new reasons to trust God more. Yeah.
0: Okay, so let's talk about the character of God a little bit. And getting to know his heart for us, because I feel like already in our 12 minutes we've been together, we've talked a lot about one of the, I think, big challenges of parenting. And that is like perfectionism and seeking Mm -hmm. perfectionism in ourselves. And then kind of like you said, when we don't find it in ourselves, we kind of want it from everyone else. So we can feel order. I think it all comes down to feeling some sort of control and order. But how do you think that—and maybe not everyone struggles with that, but when you were speaking, I was like, yes, that's me. (laughs) So how do you think understanding God's character and His heart for us and all of these guideposts helps us to navigate the ups and downs of life and parenting and all of the things that we struggle with?
1: Yeah. I mean, the deep answer, because I wish we could just say quickly, hey, it's because— we're vitamin D de- <laughs> deficient or something, you know, some easy fix. Take a pill for that. But it's it's really that in our hearts that we were made to want to be satisfied. Like that. that's who we are. We were created as image bearers. Sin broke that ability to perfectly fellowship with Him, perfectly um, bear God's image. That's just my deep way. and I know it's going heavy real quick, but that's my quick way of just telling all of us here that it's not that you just haven't gotten the right job or found the right house or that your kids haven't signed up for the right sports, you really are longing for a satisfaction that can't be met with perfection. And so every day when you and I are trying to control things, we're trying to create the perfect life for our kids. And let's just not even use the word perfect because maybe a listener is like, I'm not even trying to be perfect. But but look at what it is that causes your heart to feel like, oh, this is not the best. I deserve better. Think about what it is that makes your happiness rise and fall, right? So think, wow, I'm super happy when everybody obeys and we've got a vacation coming along, you know, (laughs) or I'm super happy when, um, when my husband listens to my needs and he takes me out on a date, but I'm really unhappy when you know, list it out. What is it? For me, oftentimes is I'm super unhappy when I say something once and I expect it to be done and it doesn't get done. Or I'm super unhappy when I say, hey, our refrigerator needs to be cleaned out. And a week later, it smells like a trash can and nobody's done it. And I just really want to go around and make sure that everybody knows how disturbed and unhappy I am. And so when I stop and look at that, is it just about, hey, I need a schedule for cleaning out the fridge? Or is it that what makes me the most unhappy is that I think I'm the boss and I mm-hmm. need to control things and I need to make sure that everybody makes sure. <laughs> I need to make sure that my happiness is on everybody's agenda, right? If I'm really yeah. honest about it, if I'm really honest, and that's really terrifying to say on a public podcast, right? But the <laughs> truth is in my heart, I wanna be, I wanna serve our listeners well and be really honest and say, yeah. if I cut to the chase and really get down deep, it's that. I really, really want comfort. And I really want to know that my life's going to be great and everything's going to be okay and that I can control the outcome. Because what is control? At the end of the day, control is I don't want bad things to happen. I don't Mm -hmm. want to feel bad. I don't want discomfort. I don't want inefficiency. And I don't want to um, make a mistake that will cost me later. I'm too busy for that. So I start controlling things to make sure that things go my way. But when you start believing that God really didn't need our help form us, to make us, to call that stay into order. I always say like, that sunrise, you had nothing to do with that. You just wake up to it, right? I mean, mm-hmm. so when you and I start thinking about the character of God, his sovereignty, his immutability, his, and these are big words, I know, like the fact that he can only be truthful, that he can only be good, that he really does know all things, that he's omnipotent, which means that he's all powerful. Then suddenly you go, oh, I'm not the hero. He is. I actually, you know, besides carrying my child through the miracle of childbirth, I actually didn't have much to do with the science of knitting their bodies together, right? At, at the end of the day, I did not have much to do with what God alone can do. So that's why God's answer to Job, right, has, was always like, were you there when all these things were created? Because we can't be the hero of our own stories mm. and acknowledge that God is God at the same time. So as parents, um, I honestly think that it would make all the difference in the world in our parenting if we would start each day remembering, first and foremost, once again, that He is God and we are not, and we're stewards of the children that are in our home. We're not the project managers, the ones who will shape and craft and create the lives that we think they need. No, we're just stewards of the lives that God gave us to steward.
0: If you are looking for meaningful and fun additions to your Easter baskets this year, Christian Parenting has some amazing products just for you. And right now, you can get our Easter bundle for 15% off the regular price. This bundle includes three of our favorite products just for kids. Scripture affirmation cards, noteworthy prayers, and our devotional, My Time with God. These are some of our absolute favorite things at our house. My kids all love their devotional, and my son constantly asks me to put affirmation cards or noteworthy prayers in his backpack to find them when he's at school. This is a great way to incorporate more faith into the fun of Easter baskets. You can go to christianparenting.org slash store to get the Easter bundle at the 15% off discount. That's christianparenting.org slash store. All right, you guys, I have an exciting code for you today from one of my absolute favorite websites. Home Threads has quickly become one of my favorite places to shop for my house. At HomeThreads.com, you will discover furniture designed with the values of Christian parenting in mind. From prayerful spaces to family-friendly comfort, their pieces are crafted to nurture your children's hearts and souls, all while giving you the best value. I recently got an amazing bakeware set that I absolutely love. There are so many products available, you're definitely going to find anything you need to make your home both functional and cozy. You can visit HomeThreads.com slash CP Podcast today and get your code for 15% off your order. Raising a family with faith should be reflected in every corner of your home. Home Threads love where you live. And that's so freeing, but it's also so terrifying,
1: right? Yeah. Like so yes, much of will. that. It'd be easier if we controlled everything, right? Or uh, we, It would be so we much easier. <laughs> think we can control everything.
0: Yeah. Right, right. That kind of everything you just said reminded me of one of your last chapters, I think, It's either your last or second to last chapter of this devotional that it's basically the cross is enough. Mm -hmm. And it's just such a beautiful reminder that, like, we don't have to be enough for our kids because the cross is enough for our kids. So I wonder if you have kind of some encouragement for anyone who's feeling like they're having a hard time internalizing that truth that they don't have to be enough, but the cross is enough.
1: Right. You know, I think when you start reading your Bible from beginning to end and don't hear this as some kind of checklist, Bible reading plan where you're Mm -hmm. in trouble if you don't. But when you start realizing that it's not enough just to pick certain verses out, but you you start realizing, hey, this is a love story from the very first word to the very last. You start seeing the pattern. The whole big picture is that God's always been in pursuit of us, that He Mm -hmm. created us so that we would be in fellowship with Him, that He delights in us. But because of sin, we didn't have free access anymore. And so mankind, humankind has been trying to make our way back to God ever since. So all our striving, all the ways in which you and I, I know that we don't think this way when we're yelling and running through the house, making sure everybody does it our way. <laughs> but what it is at, fundamentally at the core, when we're trying to control others and try to manipulate our lives so that we get the results we want what we're really doing is saying i want to make sure i can save myself in the same way that in the garden god said don't touch don't eat of that tree but eve reached out and grabbed it yes she was tempted but really what was happening was she was thinking to herself and because the bible says she knew she saw that it could make her wise so in some sense she really was just thinking what if god's holding out on me and he doesn't know what I really need. Maybe I need to know what God knows because I I could take for myself what I think I really need. And so it started in the garden. And I just want to encourage parents who feel weary and are trying to balance budgets and figure out how to pay the mortgage and send their kids to college and do all the things that we deal with every single day. I'm with you. I'm dealing with all those things too. But I think I want to just encourage us and remember, help us remember that Everything that makes us feel weak, everything that causes us to feel not enough, every way in which we feel like maybe somebody else was supposed to be this kid's mom, everything that makes us feel that way is actually meant to drive us to the realization that we really don't actually have what it takes in ourselves. That's not bad self-esteem. That's a right assessment that I actually need the supernatural input of the Holy Spirit in my life to do anything that God's given me to do in this lifetime. And so when Paul, the Apostle Paul says, um, God's strength is made perfect in my weakness, that's exactly where we need to be every day as parents. So the goal of your parenting journey is not to wake up tomorrow and be like, I finally got this. Today will be a day with no mistakes. I won't be yelling at my kids and we will not be late to any of our appointments. No, the, the key is actually, God, I am a, I'm a sinner who is gonna mess up all the time. Help me put you on display today in the grace of God, the grace that forgave me and made it possible for me to come into God's presence even though I'm a mess. Help me put that on display in my parenting, in my organization of my home, in my relationship with my spouse, it can be on display day by day. And so that should give us hope to remember that the grace that saves us is the grace that sustains us in our parenting.
0: I think what's really impressive about everything you do, Ruth, is that you can take all of the deep things that you just said, all of the truths you just said, and write it and put it down into words that people can relate to, and then you create this beautiful art to go with it, and it's just this like marriage of so much goodness. And you do it in all of your books, but you do it in this book too. And I'm kind of curious as you're talking about all of the the meat that's in your book, what comes first for you? Like, I think people might be wondering this. Like, do you think about what you're going to talk about? Are you like God put this message on my heart, and I really want? People to understand all of these truths, all of these guideposts, or do you start to think about the art first? Or yeah. is it both? I, I or how do you put ask- it all together? Because <laughs> as you're speaking, I'm like, like you have a lot of deep things in this book, but you somehow make it really beautiful, and I think oh. that's really a hard balance.
1: Well, thank you. And that's really kind. And um, I do have books that don't have art in it. So there are times (laughs) when I just write. Um, But the devotionals, I love to have artwork in it because number one, I really would love for this and all my other full color books to sit out on a kitchen counter or a coffee table. The moments where you think you don't have time to meet with the Lord, just have it open. Just, Mm. it's not like a book that you have to, you know, read for hours and hours. Just give it 10 minutes to like refocus your mind and sit with the Lord and sit with the truths. And so um, to answer your question, I always start with content. I will always, I always, um, I think in my entire ministry and in my calling, I see my artwork as like the platter upon which I try to serve the truths of God's word. So the artwork really is never first for me. Um, I'm grateful that I have the ability to paint. I don't think I'm the, the world's most talented painter. I just know that because of my artwork, there's an opportunity for the reader to not flip the page so quickly, to sit with it a little bit longer. And if I put my artwork around the truths of God's word, you might just read it three times over and you might open the book and leave it on your table because it's pretty enough and it's inviting enough visually that you want to look at it again. And I know personally that I'm so aesthetically wired that I would like to be able to linger longer in things that I need to be meditating on and thinking on. And so I really just create books that I would want to have in my home to help me remember that God's Word is so beautiful. I just need to take a little bit more time to linger on it and think on it. Yeah.
0: And correct me if I'm wrong, but you have not always been a painter,
1: right? No, no. Yeah. I mean, I've always been artistic um, and I did get my degree. Ultimately, I write the story in my um, book, When Striving Cease, but I was a biochem major, thought I was going to be a doctor because I was a a good, you know, overachieving Asian student that was like, you know, (laughs) getting straight A's. And so I was, I thought I had to like succeed at that level. And in rebellion, in some crazy way, I signed up for an art degree my last year of college and um, did printmaking. Like I wasn't even, it wasn't watercolor or anything like that. and so, initially, in the first decade of Grace Laced, the blog that I started, um, I was just writing. I wasn't really painting. Nobody knew I was really artistic. And it wasn't until I started um, on Instagram several years later, which was a visual medium that we all now know. But at the time, I just kind of was like, okay, I started, you know, adding some artwork during that time. To the little bits of writing. And that's really how my first devotional grace lays came about was recognizing that people was were responding to short pieces of writing with some artwork that connected together. So
0: Yeah. I think that story is just a really good reminder too that we can grow into something that we're called to do. Because you used your art for God's glory in such a beautiful way, but it took some time. Like you had to kind of switch trajectories of your life to do it. Absolutely.
1: Well, and also just to anyone who's listening that might be in the little years, it's, you know, we might have listeners here, parents who are barely like, I don't know how you have six boys and uh, paint and run a business and write a book and speak. I want to say, friend, that's valid because I don't (laughs) do it all. It's valid and nobody can do all of it. And I wasn't doing all the things that you see me do publicly when my children were a lot younger. And so I think to your point, things take time and sometimes there's pivoting, but also the very moments that you think that maybe you're saying that you're setting your dream aside and you're dying to like pursuing something in that moment. um, We don't have to follow the hustle culture that's being fed to us all the time where it's like, make your dreams come true. Just, you know, whatever it takes. I think the number one thing that has impacted my life is that when I'm choosing faithfulness right in this moment with whatever God's given me, that might be a baby, that might be um, helping my husband lead a church, it might be that I was given an opportunity to write for a website, whatever that opportunity is to steward it in the moment because you don't know how God's gonna use your faithfulness today for what he has planned for you in the future. So if your season right now is raising five kids under the year, like under 12 or whatever, and it's a whole household of craziness, steward that well. Because when God is sovereign, no ship will pass you by. And you won't, you don't have to have FOMO. You don't have to think that you're missing out on everything. Be faithful with what God's given you and say, Lord, when you see fit, give me more. And that's what I said year by year by year. And it wasn't until... 2013. Um, it's going to be 10 years this fall that um, God gave me the green light, and I had the opportunity and the the support in my home structure to begin the ministry and business we see as Grace laced
0: Yeah, I think that's a really good reminder because even I remember there were a lot of years when my kids were younger that. I would just sit and pray and be like, God, you you sent me to seminary. You called me to ministry. Mm. Like, I have all this experience. Right. Like, what am I doing here? <laughs> like, yeah. all I'm doing is changing diapers and making snacks. And I felt like yeah. there has to be something more. And it was just a constant reminder of like, this is your ministry right now. And your <laughs> ministry will grow, but it's a good ministry to be in. Absolutely. And we have to grow slow into what God calls you to do.
1: Absolutely. Yeah.
0: yeah. Okay. Is there anything else that you would like parents to know about your book or about just Jesus before we
1: wrap up <laughs> well I um I really pray and hope that readers and especially parents who've been tired who've been maybe getting up in the middle of the night or working you know as parents sometimes we burn the candle at both ends because mm-hmm. we just don't have a lot of alone time until after the kids go to bed And sometimes we got stuck on a Netflix series and we haven't been in the Word because we're just so tired or we just think, oh, I'm so behind. I don't even know if the Lord really wants to talk to me anymore about any of this. I don't know if I'm getting anything out of my Bible. I pray that Pilgrim, this devotional, might just be the just the starting point for you to find that God is worthy of your time and He's pursuing you and that He delights in you and that He wants to be a part of your every moment, including how you have to spend 30 minutes talking to that child about not fighting with the other one again. God is in and present in everything that um, He's set for us to do. And so my prayer is that um, we as parents don't neglect the nourishment of our own souls. Because everything that we long for our kids to grow into and to know, I I would imagine that our listeners here, I would imagine that you want your child to love the Lord and to have a fruitful life where they walk with God. Well, it's going to start with you and me saying, mama needs God too. And I need the grace of God too. And if it's been a while since you reminded yourself And gone to the Word to remember how good God is. If you haven't tasted and seen how good He is, in a while, I just invite you to get back into the Word. And if Pilgrim can help you do that, I would invite you to pick up a copy. Thank you so much. That's really good. I think Pilgrim will help people
0: to do that. So I do encourage people to get a copy. Can you tell us where we can get a copy, where we can connect with you, all of the things?
1: Yeah. Well, the book comes out in just a little over a week, and you can still, it's not too late right now to pre-order a copy and, sign, and claim your free bonus gifts. I love the bonus gifts that we have this time. There mm-hmm. is a printable hymnal. Um, there is a free print. And um, when you buy a few copies, you can actually even have a physical um, discussion guide journal with all my artwork in it. And so that all that can be found at pilgrimbook.com. Um, you can learn all about all that. And um, Once it's out on September 12th, you can pick it up anywhere you buy books. And, you know, I would also love to just encourage you and be in your life through social media if you choose to join me over at Ruth Joe Simons um, on Instagram. Great.
0: I'll put all those things in the show notes for you. But thank you so much for joining me. I just appreciated our time together and I really enjoyed it. So thank you. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you so much for listening. I truly appreciate so much that you are willing to join me every week and hear from all of my amazing guests. I really loved what Ruth had to say about stewarding our time with our kids. I'm just reminded of the great joy it is to parent them and point them onward in their own faith journey. I have links for everything in the show notes for you. Make sure you pre-order that book to take advantage of all of the freebies that she has to offer. Have a wonderful week. May God bless you and keep you. Remember that God delights in you and wants to be with you in every moment. So let His Word nourish your soul. Thank you so much for listening to the Christian Parenting Podcast. If you haven't subscribed, you can do that now, and that way you won't miss an episode. You can connect with us on Instagram at at ChristianParenting underscore org and see more resources at ChristianParenting.org. And if you're a mom raising daughters, we have the perfect course for you. Visit CPGuides.org to learn more about our Helping Moms Raise Confident Daughters online courses. And lastly, if you have enjoyed this podcast or other Christian parenting resources, please consider donating to this ministry. Visit christianparenting.org and click the donate button. Christian parenting is 100% donor funded and none of this would be possible without your help. We are so grateful for you. You're amazing. God bless you.